0: guys, so today I want to talk to you about the different types of erosion and this is going to be helpful not only for rivers but also for coasts, so two of our physical geography topics.
1: My name is Maisie Bailey, I'm 26 years old. I am a secondary school geography teacher. I'm currently at a mixed comprehensive, there's 1,700 kids, so quite a large state school and it's based in the southeast of London. So obviously when schools shut it was a bit of a transition for everyone and I decided that as well as the online provision that I'll do via Google Classroom which is my school system I also started this YouTube account to be able to actually give the students a chance to see my face which I think is actually just quite reassuring in such a bizarre time for them to have that sort of personal contact with their teacher even though they're not in the classroom they can still have that ounce of normality. There
2: are schools that are using home learning, online learning quite extensively, obviously many in the private sector, but quite a few in the state sector as well. How much scrutiny is Ofsted doing of how schools are performing in that area?
3: Well, at this stage, routine inspections are suspended. And this is, this is an area where at the moment there are no clear expectations for what schools ought to be providing.
1: So there's loads of different ways that different schools are providing education at the moment, and a lot of schools, especially sort of private schools, are offering video contact with their students, almost running a totally normal timetable, but via video lessons, however, that relies on students being able to access a computer at specific times. And with the sort of socio-economic background of the students I teach, they've got multiple siblings, they might have one computer in a household. Some households have no internet access, for example. So we do not offer any face-to-face, well, virtual face-to-face contact with our students. Instead, all of our lessons are put up on Google Classroom via things like PowerPoints or Google Docs that they can edit or little quizzes they can do. We do actually also have a paper system. So about 45 students in each year group now are being delivered paperwork. Interestingly, I'm actually going to another school in September and they've invested loads of money in issuing all students with laptops because as we transition, and I think a lot of schools will, to more and more things done online, by removing that barrier in the first place, you won't have that gap between those that can afford a computer and those that can't in terms of the learning
3: process and of course sometimes there's confusion about what Ofsted does people think that we create the standards we don't we inspect against the standards that government creates so what i've been saying is that we do need some clarity about those minimum expectations parents need them children need them schools need them Um, and as soon as those are in place um, then it will be possible to start assessing whether schools are in fact doing what they should be doing kids are so much more responsive to media outlets that they're
1: already using that's what I found with my YouTube channel. And the whole reason I started it was because kids are so used to watching things on YouTube. They're constantly on that sort of platform. And so they're gonna get much more out of it than a whole new system that they have to learn how to use. And that can be a bit clunky in terms of the sort of user-friendly aspect of it all. And I definitely think if we could have WhatsApp groups for our different classes, if that was allowed, I think that would be great because that would be instant communication with the kids. And that's the problem with this online learning system its that, that lack of dialogue between the student and the teacher.
0: So let's start with abrasion. Abrasion is when the force of the water smashes rocks into the sides of rivers or the bed of the river. Or it could be into the side of the coastline
1: a real opportunity if you take it you can do some brilliant things and the problem is it takes it takes some self-training to be able to figure out how these things work and and what software's out there and there's so much now that you try one thing you realize it doesn't work and so the next week you do something else you get into a habit of doing what you know because it works and this really is a chance to shake up people's perspectives on what education can be.
2: Do you think it has been problematic for teachers who can't manage that you know they might not have the self-confidence you know they might be older dare I say it not that that should really have any bearing.
1: I don't think it's an age thing I do think it's an interest thing or just an exposure especially when all of our communication with our students is done online for those that are not comfortable using online systems it can come across as if they just don't care it does require a lot of effort on the part of IT support teams, and I have the utmost respect to all the IT support teams across the UK right now. It's not just staff. We do also have students that find some things really difficult. Even just downloading something, they, they really struggle with how to do that. And it's quite funny because we think this younger generation are amazing at technology because they're super quick and super efficient on the platforms they know. But if you take them away from these apps, a lot of the basic things that I learned at school, how to make a PowerPoint, how to use an Excel spreadsheet, these kids haven't learned that. They can code, but they can't necessarily upload that content on there.
2: Have the school been supportive of your your initiatives?
1: Unfortunately, no. I think mainly because well-being is is a massive focus, not only on the students, but also on the staff. If you set the standard at the point of the people who are super creative, are super excited about this opportunity and wanting to try loads of different technologies, then that's setting quite a high bar. And as a school, it's difficult to say, oh my goodness, this teacher's able to do this. You should all be doing this because it's great for the kids. So I've actually been asked on multiple occasions now to, to stop, to stop working so hard, to, to, to kind of <laughs> draw back and just kind of let things
3: happen for a while. It's not just about national conversations, it's, it's also very much about the local working, about making sure that we've got some, some, some enabling structures around this that let that entrepreneurial energy that school leaders, teachers, people in local government, that so many people have in so many places, really can do everything it can.
1: At the end of the day, everything I was trying to do was to benefit the students, So I'm very adamant that I work between the hours of 8.30 and 3. They can contact me at any time between those hours and I will instantly reply because if I was at school, I would. But we've been told as a staff body that we should be contactable for about three hours a day. I totally get that all of that is to benefit the students. And so if you're telling me not to do that, surely that's to benefit staff rather than benefit students. And who, who are we actually at school for?
0: Knocking of rocks scraping against those banks, wear away the sides. So wear away the banks and the beds of rivers and that coastline when we're talking about the sea.
1: Yeah, I think on the whole, yeah, they're okay, but they're not great. The return rate of work is dropping off a cliff at the moment, I think, as they realize, that. They might not even go back in september so literally what's the point i guess is the questions they'll be asking themselves and it's it's all about positive motivation we can try our hardest as teachers to keep encouraging them to do work by praising anything that they do and i think that's what's working best but i think that highlights the fact that that praise is needed highlights that it's it's yeah it's it's wearing on them a bit at home i think
2: in an ideal world, what could have been done to, to really make the most of this online period of uh, the education under the coronavirus restrictions?
1: I think something that would have made a massive difference was at the start, asking parents what they expect, because it took us, gosh I have to say, a month and a bit before Parents started feeding back saying, what what am I expecting? Like, What am I meant to be looking for with my my child? What should they be doing each day? And I think it's just because they didn't realise parents would want that information. It should have been in the government guidelines because we, we do get government updates every single day. Because if people know what to expect, they are more likely to stick to a routine. And we know as adults, building a routine into this very odd coronavirus time is very important. Because if your expectations are right at home, it means your expectations have to be carried out by the teaching staff. One of the positives that I think will come from this is I'm hoping, for instance, all homework could be done online now. You can set up the most amazing system where it self-marks all short questions. So you just have to review the longer answers and then you get exported data. So you as a teacher can instantly see for the whole class. Oh, if you look at the data, question three is where they were all messing up. So the next lesson, you can come back and readdress that topic that question three was on. So when you become a teacher, you have to do a maths and English test to prove that you have a certain level of maths and English. I think IT skills should be up there. And just as much as there's training courses each year on things like behavior management, I think there should also be training on technology because technology is going to constantly update. It's going to constantly change. I think it not just it's sort of pandemic proofing i think it should just be standard teaching practice that we have to keep our skills up to date
0: so we're going to break these rocks into each other and over time those rocks will break away break away break away and become smaller pebbles and i think one of the key
1: things is especially with this transition to online learning is it has to be editable the kids have to be able to just click on it, write on it straight away, rather than having to download, make a copy, edit it, upload it. If it can be one step, then the kids will do it. Another thing I do as well is set little sort of challenges for them. So it might be a build a volcano challenge, build a sustainable city out of recycling material. So things that they can physically do at home as well, rather than just the lessons.
2: How fantastic and then were the rest of the class able to see that so they felt inspired too?
1: Exactly and that's one of the things as well that's important is making sure that you're sharing other students work because if you're in a lesson one kid asks a question and everyone else can hear the dialogue between the student and the teacher so yeah I share all of the sort of projects and then I also share them with their head of year so they can be praised on the newsletter that they get from their year team as well. So yeah, I'm very positive that kids should be returning to school. It's the best thing for them. And I think as long as your safety measures are in place, you're going to be totally fine. So I don't see why people should be over anxious. But yeah, there's definitely a huge discrepancy between schools. It's mad, really, you'd think it would be much more central in terms of look, this is a safe way to go back, everyone do this. But It's very much been left up to each school does their own thing.
2: What do you feel the future holds for you now as a young teacher?
1: I'm excited to see what next year is like. I personally think we're going to have Year 7, Year 11 and Year 13 in. I can imagine the other year groups will still be mainly online teaching in September. And yeah, I'm very optimistic. I think education could improve massively as a result of this pandemic. Yes, there will be a lot of catching up to do, but if we use what we've learnt, you could massively improve their experience of school in general in the future.
0: When we think about those white cliffs of Dover, for example, those beautiful bright white cliffs in the south coast of England, that is going to be eroded away by the acidity of the seawater. So those white cliffs are going to be retreating over time.
1: I remember when it was first announced that Ofsted wouldn't be looking at online provision. It was very early on and it was very much because people were in such a panic and schools were under so much pressure to get things organised anyway. Ofsted didn't want to be adding to that pressure. But I think at the time, no one had really prepared for everything to be closed for as long as it has been. I think it would be very difficult to set a standard of online provision because so much of it is dependent on access to technology. I think what's important, though, is that some standard is met. So I don't necessarily know if they need to be graded, but it would be good if Ofsted as an external body was at least checking in and maybe not as a you're doing this wrong type thing, but a review with some constructive suggestions. There was a funny week where we were told not to look at the news because there was such negative press around teaching that they thought it would be bad for our well-being. But I think that highlights exactly how the sort of atmosphere around education during corona is in the UK. It's very sceptical, it's very pessimistic, and exactly that, it's not celebrating the efforts that are going on behind the scenes. You can always find one or two things that are wrong and emphasise those. But there's always so much that's right and so much that's great that's going on. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. I, th- I wish there was almost a, a forum where everyone could put up what they're doing. It seems quite sort of behind closed doors between different schools at the moment. And resources for teaching are often shared online. But what's weird is people aren't sharing their sort of how they're doing it remotely provision. Which I think is, is a shame because we could all learn and we all learn naturally from other teachers around the UK.
2: Why now during lockdown are we not doing the same thing? Um, I think a real, real concern for everyone is how are you going to help the children sort of worst affected to catch up?
1: Yes, this is a big one. And I think, in my totally honest opinion, it will only happen when they're back in school. I, Honestly, think it would be extremely beneficial for students to have an almost—I wouldn't call it homework club—but some sort of addition to their normal day, where we can build on that knowledge lost. Because for some students, they have not been engaging with any of the work over the last eleven weeks, and especially with students that we send paperwork we don't get that back so we don't get the feedback of what they're doing so there's a lot of kids we just we don't know what's going on with them and so i think it's going to be really important not to see it as an extra hour of work when we're at school again but to see it as that one chance to really close those gaps because that's one of the major conversations that the uk is having how how are we going to close that gap because actually it's just getting bigger for those who are disengaged with school normally to go through this virtual learning experience and just become more disengaged how are we going to get them back on track and i think it does take person-to-person contact for those sorts of students they can gain a lot more in a small group with their teacher really talking through and verbalizing their thoughts rather than just writing everything down on a computer
0: so there we have it four types of erosion we've got abrasion so rocks hitting into a surface attrition rocks hitting into each other solution so the chemicals dissolving away and hydraulic action the water forcing into cracks splitting it apart from the inside out thanks for watching guys